beautiful soul family and welcome to the walk on podcast the podcast where i try to demystify spirituality personal growth and healing and whatever else i feel like talking about i'm your host Britt cannon and this week we're talking about bruce lee's philosophy of no ways way um the alternative title for this is a john lennon quote which is whatever gets you to the light is all right (laughs) Um, the idea for this episode came to me a long time ago, like maybe even before the idea for this podcast was born, because as a Life Path 11, um, we're kind of inclined to being eclectic, like researching many, many different spiritual teachings, like all of them maybe, and (laughs) philosophies and just finding out what works for us, like basically quilting what resonates with us all together in one big blanket of our own personal philosophy and then dumping out whatever doesn't resonate with us. Um, Bruce Lee has this great quote that I know I've talked about on this podcast before because it's just one of my favorite things anyone has ever said and it's research your own experience absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. And Bruce Lee's concept of no way's way came about because he was um, really practiced like a master of the martial art of Wang Chun Kung Fu. And he found himself in a fight, like in a, a street fight, And or maybe it was a fight. It was a fight with someone who was like trained in a different style. And he realized that his his classical sort of training was actually a limitation because he didn't always know how to counter or block or, you know, people don't play by the rules (laughs) sometimes. So he developed um, a different style, which made a lot of the traditionalists in Kung Fu very upset um, called Jeet Kune, De, Jeet Kune Do, and like that was his his initial uh, 3D sort of tangible implementation of No Way's Way. It was every kind of fighting style he'd ever learned. Um, he modge podged them together and made Jeet Kune Do, and that was like his main fighting style, and that was the way he trained. And he trained in everything. He did like bodybuilding. He was very like into diet and nutrition and trying lots of different things. Like, truly, No Way's Way was the way that he lived his life. And that really resonates with me on so many levels because. I really like to remain fluid and anytime I I start to feel stuck like in dogma or in a certain kind of philosophy whenever I start to feel the need to be right where I'm not open to other kinds of information I know I'm in trouble I know I'm an ego 
Uh, so I just really like to drift from sort of topic of study to topic of study and and find ways to braid them in with my, you know, what I know in this moment. I'm always trying to learn more. This is such a hard, some of these topics are so hard to put into words for myself, never mind like an audience, but I feel it's really important to talk about these kinds of things and break them down and just present them as a different alternative to what has always existed. For example, this friend of mine recently sent me all this stuff about Christopher Hitchens, who is this like, like, uh, historical scholar and philosophy scholar and like anti-capitalist and just like an extreme sort of political radical, um, and also was like a hardcore atheist and kind of went around arguing with extremely dogmatic figures, about the fact that he didn't believe there was a God. Now, I definitely, obviously, believe in God, feel God, am God, um, and I'm quite out there and, like, woo-woo, so, like, not everything this guy is saying resonates with me, obviously. Like, there's a lot to be desired as far as his personally personal philosophy um, was concerned, in my opinion. I think he was very, like stuck in the 3d that being said though i agreed with like 98 99 of what he was saying in all the videos i watched of him um i think that there's a way to like take in his knowledge and see value and importance in his stance in where he was coming from and i believe that because he was so quintuple aries y'all quintuple aries <laughs> with north node and aries like this guy was brought into this earth at that time um to kind of bust down these paradigms in the way that he did and he is very like buddhist in his delivery in his manner of fighting with these people because you know in buddhism there's this sort of principle of like not being reactionary not being attached um, being reactionary is like when someone disagrees with you, for example, and you know, I always have to give the disclaimer that there's like opinions and then there is sort of like right and wrong. Like to be a white supremacist is wrong. To be a homophobe is wrong. Like there are certain things that just like are wrong, but as far as opinions are concerned, like there's like an opinion and then there's truth. And if you're sharing, if one is sharing one's truth, there is no need to really be defensive or like be reactionary because your ego doesn't really get triggered when you know that you're speaking from your core, when you know you're speaking your whole truth. And like Christopher Hitchens, though in a different sort of um, mindset than me, you know, I could very well like take his stuff and be like, oh, he's wrong, you know, but I see it as like in his experience, he was speaking his truth and he was speaking the truth that he came here to speak like that was his purpose in life. And he did a beautiful, amazing job at it. He fully embodied his potential in this lifetime. And so I just like take the knowledge of his that resonates with me and even take, you know, his stance on God and stuff and religion as a, a totalitarian control device. I take all of that 
within and I, I feel it and it feels right in a lot of ways, you know? It feels like, yes, like this kind of extreme reaction to the old ways, to these like systems, which many of the shadow sides of these religions are rooted in patriarchy, in white supremacy, in colonization and imperialism, in capitalism. You know, they have, I think that the prophets and the spiritual teachers who sort of put down those philosophies for humanity to kind of learn from like I don't think Jesus I know Jesus didn't have the intention to like make these mega churches in his name like I feel like that probably fucking pisses him off considering he used to pull bankers out of their buildings by their shirt collars and whip them in the streets and like truly believe that the meek will inherit the earth and you know hung out he was like a hippie and so I and I've like in my meditations like spoke with Jesus and he always always um stresses to me the importance of social justice in my personal mission and purpose here you know he always says like that's why I was born a quadruple Libra with my north node in Aries as well like that's why I have Jupiter in Aries that's why I was called to social justice before I was ever called to spirituality because it's like the cornerstone of my purpose everything I do needs to feed that purpose everything I do and like learn needs to be filtered through the scope of social justice and that's because like I was raised um Christian like I read the bible very young I went to church off and on but it always resonated with me like I always loved going into a house of worship even if their intentions weren't great you know um, again, no ways wait, take what resonates, leave the rest. But, you know, I don't think any of the prophets of these religions like had these control systems in mind, but along the way, the people who wrote the books based on the philosophies were mostly like white men or, um, well, usually white men, <laughs> like a group of very wealthy white men who had their own agenda. And a lot of these, like as far as Christianity, like Christianity has influenced a lot of the laws and the systems and the ways of being that we embody in this world, in this reality. And, um, you know, I think that was intentional and on purpose. And I, I sometimes wonder, and I don't have the answer here, but I sometimes wonder if there isn't, if it isn't possible to fix what has been broken without completely tearing it down and starting over. I hope not. You know, I hope that we don't have to completely undo all the work of the teachers who came before us, but sometimes I think it's been so manipulated, um, tainted, distorted. That's the word I'm looking for. It's all been so distorted that I do wonder if it's even possible to like repair or if we should just tear it all down and start over. Um, anywho, (laughs) we're super far in to the podcast and we haven't done our little meditation yet. So let's just take a second. 
connect with our bodies. Our bodies tell us so much. Take a deep, deep inhale and feel like picture the breath that you're inhaling filling up all of your body from the tips of your toes to the top of your head to the tips of your fingers feel the air in all of you in your cells even go micro with it just feel it in your body and feel how it energizes you remember to keep those exhales longer than the inhales Don't forget to hold it at the top for just a moment and feel how different you feel when you take a full big breath. When you're really manifesting that chi energy, that life force, that prana. And just set the intention that from here on out, you're going to make more of an effort to listen to your body, to listen to how this antenna, this extremely sensitive antenna, reacts to people, reacts to situations, reacts to places, reacts to your own thoughts and beliefs. And notice when your body is resisting something. Notice when your body is telling you, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't be with that person. Don't think those thoughts. Notice what makes you queasy or tense. Notice where you keep the tension and ask God to release it. Release the tension in my neck. Release the tension in my jaw. Release the tension in my shoulders, elbows, wrists, spine, chest, stomach, lower back, hips, booty, Knees, legs, ankles, feet, toes, release, relax. When you take time in your day to breathe and ground and meditate like this, what it does is it restores your body back to zero. It puts you in neutral. When you go out into the world and you just pick up all that energy and carry it with you and have all these interactions and do all this stuff that's draining you and just sort of consume, consume, consume. There's no time to reset. So you just end up piled under this big mountain of energy and bullshit and you don't know what you feel. You can't differentiate you from the next person, from the world, from the matrix (laughs) set the intention to listen 
Set the intention to get to know yourself. Set the intention to get in touch with your own priorities. What would make you happy in this life? And if you don't know, set the intention to start finding out. Take a few big breaths at your own pace. Any problems or worries or limitations that you're feeling in this moment, imagine yourself bundling it up into a little like sack like a little knapsack and just imagine yourself giving it over to God put whatever you need to put in there any worries any doubts any anxieties tie that knapsack up and just hand it up to the sky And imagine big parental hands coming down, taking it from you, and saying, I've got you, my child. No Way's Way is about intuition, which I know I've talked about, like, so much. But to be intuitive means to be beyond ego in a way, beyond programming. As I was talking about before with truth, if you're not in touch with your intuition, you're not in touch with your truth. And even when you do get in touch with your intuition, it takes a few years of steady, constant, conscious, daily, momentary, minute by minute, second by second practice in order to actually follow it. There's usually a moment between getting the intuition, you know, getting the download from source or getting that feeling in our body and then there's space and then there's the mind coming in and then we take action. So it's a little bit delayed. I used to complain about this all the time when I was in the throes of the heaviest years of my complex PTSD. I was I was frustrated because I never seemed to know how I felt. Um, like someone would, would ask me something or ask me to do something or agree to something and I would. And then, you know, two days later, I'd be like, shit, I don't, I feel a different way than I told them I felt. And then it was like a whole thing because I had to go tell them I lied or like that I didn't know how I felt and I couldn't explain that, which is why I started writing poetry because I just wanted to put my feelings into words. I just wanted to get in touch with who I actually was and how I actually felt. And I would imagine there's a siren passing. I 
I would imagine that many people feel this way, whether they want to admit it or not, you know? That's why many of us feel that there's a war between our intuition and our, and our mind. You know, they're supposed to be working together. Mind, body, and spirit are supposed to be working together in harmony. But we're taught that they're these separate things. It's just like how humans are supposed to be working together in harmony, but we're taught that we're all these separate things and that, you know, we have to be greedy for what we have or else we'll run out of things. (laughs) And really, if you think about it and if you meet people and if you see how we love to help each other for the most part. I mean, of course, there are always some low vibrational ass people out here trying to make life hard for everyone, but I see good in people more than I see bad. I see love more than I see hate. Truly. In little ways, you know? You have to pay attention, but it's there. Your intuition will guide you to the information that you need to know. To the information that's going to resonate with you. You know, it's like when I go to these open mic nights and you see someone read a piece and you can feel, I mean, sometimes a piece is so good and so universal and like so, you can tell the person presenting the art is so in their alignment, in their truth, in their intuition, that it'll resonate with the whole room, you know? But oftentimes it's just it'll a piece will resonate with a few people. And that's intuition. You know, that's no way's way. That is people feeling the thing that resonates with them and responding to it. And you can do this in every area and capacity of your life, truly. Truly you can, and it makes everything easier. And it makes your reactions, not reactions, but your inspired action based on the intuition much easier to facilitate because there's not so much worry and doubt around the action itself because again you know it's right you're aligned with truth I think that we're all students and we're all teachers and I it's it's so funny it's like miracles happen to me constantly like I did a show in Boston last week and I wrote out this sort of like (laughs) mini TED talk before I played um, because the show was tarot themed and I love the tarot and I use it all the time and I just wanted to give my little two cents about it and how I use it as a tool before I started my set And I told this story because I'd written the whole thing out and was reading it off my phone about how I was wandering around Brooklyn once and I ran into this really old lady who was looking for a church. And so I helped her find it and then I walked her there. And while we were walking, she told me, I mean, so many profound and beautiful things. But one of the ones I remember was she said, if you're going to be a teacher, don't read the information from a book or from written notes. You should know it well enough to present it passionately without reading it why are you teaching it if you don't really know it you know and I always keep that in mind and I often don't read like when I'm sitting here talking to you I don't have notes like I don't have that's why sometimes it's a little (laughs) 
discombobulated, but I just trust that I understand these topics and I trust that I'm open and unfiltered enough to let source move through me and deliver the messages that need to be delivered. That's the whole point of being a channel, of being an intuitive, is being able to let God speak through you without you getting in the way. Um, and I, you know, that I think about it every day and I was writing this thing. And like, when I did my little intro, I mentioned that because that's no way's way, you know, taking lessons, nuggets of wisdom and information from everyone you meet. But of course you have to be out of superiority. You have to be out of ego in order to be that open, to receive that information in order to click into your intuition or align with um, fate or destiny. If you believe in that, if you like to look at it that way, I do. Some people don't like fate or destiny because they think that it gives them no choice or that it's kind of boring or, you know, they just don't think anything bigger is at play, which I can respect. But for my money, (laughs) I see that I've always been on my path, but the times that I was in resistance, in fear, in lack, in out of faith, you know, when I align with faith, I'm on my destiny. When I allow, align with doubt or when I'm trying to control things, that's the ego. That's not the intuition. It's like... <clears throat> It's like when you like someone and you want it to work out because you see a rejection or a breakup or whatever as a failure, then you just want to hold on to it because you're like, no, I want to succeed at this. I can't fail at this. So you just put in time and put in effort and put in energy and like resist the growth. Like you're, you're, your guides, your destiny is trying to sort of float you down a different course, but you're not flowing. You're like, no, I'm going to swim as hard as I fucking can down this path I've been on. I don't want to switch paths. Like I don't want to, what about my apartment I share with my partner? What about this job I've been at for five years? What about this friendship I've had all my life? You know, what about my family? Who am I without them? Who am I without this thing? And you resist and resist and resist. And eventually you get tired. And you know what happens when you get tired and you give up? Just like we gave that little bundle over to God of worries. When you give it up to God, they float you to the path you've been resisting. So it's like you could choose. We have free will. You could choose to spend your whole life swimming against the current grabbing onto rocks and sticks and trees and getting out and taking a break you know you could always get lost in one of these side quests in the video game of life but it's much easier to just surrender and flow and have faith and check that ego and get in touch with that intuition and just flow just flow I love the metaphor of the video game, especially for No Way's Way, because it's like, it's like you choose where you go, who you speak to, if you're open to them. Um, I even like 
love when the children I nanny teach me things. They teach me the most profound lessons in patience, in presence, especially in how fun life can be. You know, just like running down the street can be the most fun. Bending over upside down can be the most fun. (laughs) Um, Pretending, play, meeting friends, like all of this stuff is stuff that they do joyfully, um, gratefully in a sense, like there's nothing in the way of them enjoying these things. And it shows me like there shouldn't be anything in the way of me enjoying my things either. Why do we get to a point in our lives when we're grown up where learning something new is considered daunting and a burden? It's a gift to learn. It's a gift to grow. And when we're in our ego of like, no, I am who I am and I'm always going to be this person. And like, this is the way it's always been. Why would I change it? Or, you know, just all of those kinds of sentiments that I know like generations before us really staunchly stomped their foot and kind of lived by. But is that the truth of us? You know, you look at someone like Toni Morrison who was fully and completely aligned with her genius, who stood up for what she believed in, stood up for the purpose of her work, gave her work lovingly, She couldn't have done that if she was resisting, if she was in fear, if she was in in a mindset of why bother, you know? Bruce Lee says that we never feel more self-doubtful and more fearful and more alone than when we're treading a path that has never been walked before. I guess paving a path that has never been walked before is the better way to say it. Because there's no template. There's no example to follow. And he was very... very specific about how the way is not to follow a, a successful personality by mimicking them. And like, if any of y'all know me personally, you know that being copied is a real thing with me. I hate being copied. And it happens constantly. It happens all the time. I get plagiarized. I get my personality stolen. I get single white femaled. (laughs) All the time it happens to me. And it used to eat me up inside. It used to make me so, so angry. Like, embarrassingly angry, honestly. Like, venomous. And, you know, it's a few different reasons. It's it's like, I work really hard to be authentic. I don't work hard at it anymore, but it took me a long time and a lot of painful, painful healing work to get to a place where I could be authentic. You know, in the times and places and ways in my life in which I have been unapologetically me for a lot of um, 
many times led me to be bullied or berated or embarrassed, you know. Um, And so that feels like don't take away what I've worked so hard to create or discover or embody. I've gone through pain for this and you're just going to like pick it up after I've done all the work and try it on and like walk around in it. Fuck you. But also it's offensive to me on like a, on a spirit level because it's like, well, if you're just copying someone else, then you're not in touch with your authenticity. And like, that is the most disrespectful shit to God. That is the most disrespectful way to behave towards yourself because we all have genius inside of us we all have our own particular frequency that we're meant to we're meant to emit and if you're just like trying to somebody else's frequency you're not doing it right and you're never gonna find your groove if you're just playing catch up trying to put on somebody else's you know so it takes courage it takes bravery but when you do get in touch with your own genius and you let it flow through you and you can have the courage to question You know, Bruce Lee would even say, like, I know I've got the right of it. Like, I know I'm in my truth. But if something I say doesn't resonate with you, don't use it. And there's a lot of this, like, egoic, dogmatic teaching in even, like, New Age spirituality. I see it all the time. Like, people trying to convince people to pay them to get in touch with their guides or their spirit team or, like, however you look at it higher self, uh, pay me to get in touch with your guides for me. And like, that is a red flag for a charlatan for me. (laughs) Or like these, these readers, tarot readers who like read and want to, want to tell everyone that, you know, you have to pay me $200 for a reading because you're, you couldn't possibly access this information. And it's like, Yes, sometimes having outside objective, because we do, our ego is sneaky and it does like, it can trick us into thinking we're objective when we're not, for sure. But no one knows better than you. Like my sister, the other day I like got in touch with, this is like weird shit, so buckle your seatbelts, but sometimes I connect with like my Andromedan family. Like I believe that my soul is like, made from Andromeda or is like from Andromeda or I spent many lifetimes there but it really resonates with me as like a place and an energy and in meditation sometimes you know sometimes like my spirit guide Odin who's a big lion will visit me sometimes this big ninth dimensional like bubblegum pink bulbous one-eyed very wise being who lives on a planet of planet of black onyx Glorklop will visit me, Jesus, Baphomet and Lilith, even like Lucifer, Satan, um, who else? Like these, this green, oh, Venus herself, um, Shiva and Shakti, the goddess of Kundalini, like Mother Kundalini. So I have all these like so many guides that visit me and sometimes like 
literal <laughs> extraterrestrials from Andromeda will visit me and like they work on my physical body and they give me lessons and um I have like this mother figure of these people and of these Andromedans and this mother figure energy and it's so beautiful because I did not have a loving maternal example in my life and to feel that vibe of what a real unconditionally loving mother feels like really really heals me and feels amazing and she comes to me and like tells me she's proud of me and that it's really hard for her to watch me struggle down here in the video game matrix but I'm doing a great job you know just like what you want to hear from parents and you know I was talking about Christopher Hitchens earlier and it's like I kind of go into all these meditations with the air of a skeptic. You know, I'm always like, this could just be my mind playing tricks on me because I'm in meditation, because I'm in like a relaxed state and the mind sees what it wants to see. You know, these could all very well just be like hallucinations or daydreams, you know, but they feel real to me the same way that a dream feels real. And when you wake up, like, the energy of the dream is within you, even though it didn't happen in this life. And I can't remember who it was. David Lynch, one of my favorite directors. You're getting a really good example of No Way's Way in this episode, even though I feel like I'm not doing the best job of explaining it. You're getting a good example of seeing where all the different areas where my information comes from, you know? You're getting to see how eclectic I am. And this is how we all are or how we, not that I'm like this great example, but this is just how I do No Way's Way. But David Lynch believes that our dreams are as important and as real as this reality. And in fact, this reality might be a dream. Um, It's like, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. It's like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. This could just be a collective delusion, a collective matrix delusion that's been programmed in our minds. And we're out here thinking that we are concrete matter when actually when we move our hands through air, aren't we touching things? Aren't we touching atoms and molecules that we just can't see? When we pick up an object, um, do our cells not merge with that object or are they? do they always remain separate? <laughs> Is time even real? Chronic, what is it? Chronological linear time? Or are we always just like remembering? Has everything already happened? I kind of believe that everything's happening at once. So it's like reality is malleable. Time is malleable. Ourselves are malleable. Um, so these meditations, you know, they they could, they're probably just daydreams but to me they feel real and the information that I have received from these meditations are profound and have affected me in ways that I can't even express and not only that but a lot of the things that I have seen and heard and felt when I google them later other people will will have had the same experiences though I didn't know about theirs and they didn't know about mine and we didn't know about each other's before having the experience. So it's like I would have the experience, I would Google the thing, I would find the proof. Um, so, you know, 
there's room on the spectrum of skeptic to full believer. There's room for all of us in where we fall. So when I talk about this like woo-woo out there ass shit, if it doesn't resonate with you, like don't buy into it, but also be cool and don't like try to invalidate or belittle my experience just because you personally haven't gotten in touch with your guides or like you know, just because you're on a different wavelength or frequency. But anyway, my sister asked me, like, is the Andromedan mother, she was like, is she my mom? And I was like, this isn't the answer you want, but I don't know, honestly. Like, I don't know what your guides look like. My guides look different than everyone else's. So, like, the only way for you to know is for you to access them. And that's the way it should be. If you're ever dealing with an extremely dogmatic teacher, I feel like you should be cautioned. Um, You should proceed with caution. Don't take anything anyone says at face value, even me. Like, always listen with a grain of salt. Always listen with your own discernment. Pay attention to your body. Pay attention how you feel when you hear these things and opinions. You know, if everyone did that during political elections, I feel like we wouldn't have people in power that we have in power. Although, you know, let me not even get on my soapbox about how the election is like an illusion. (laughs) They're all playing for the same damn team. Let me not just get into that. But if we all were a lot more in touch with our source, our core, our truth, our intuition, if we were following our own no ways way, making our own quilt of philosophy, of, I don't know, of love, what feels loving to you? What feels good to you? What feels positive to you? What feels easy for you and not easy in the sense of a comfort zone because I think it's such a lie to say that comfort zones are easy that staying in something for safety or stability or the illusion of safety and stability is easier because it's not it might be easier for the moment it might be easier for your ego it might be easier for your fear but is it easy No, the most miserable, loneliest, most depressed, most wanting to die me I have ever been is when I was living in that comfort zone. In a relationship that wasn't meant to be uh, with friendships who didn't love me for me, with my family trying to please them and get validation from them that I would never get, Doing jobs that I hated, that drained me, that I didn't believe in, that weren't doing any good in the world. That was the worst I ever felt. Is that easy? Was that easy? No, it was way harder than this now. Of course, I have had to crawl through the pits of hell to get here. You know, I've had to pull every bit of trauma tar out of me and look at it and examine it and eat it and immerse myself in it and walk through the fires of it and feel its poison eat my body um, and face my own darkness and my own mistakes and my own lower self in order to get here and was that easy no hell no but 
I always had this kind of safety net of divinity around me telling me like, this is going to be worth it one day, baby. This is going to be worth it one day. Just trust us. Just keep on. Just keep your eye on the prize. Doubt when you have to. Rest when you have to. Yell at us when you have to. And boy, do I yell. In my journal, I'm like, fuck you. Fuck this. I hate you. I fucking quit. You know, I am a tantrum queen. I can throw a tantrum that would rival any two-year-old on the planet, okay? But I don't take it out on, on other people. I take it out on God because that's who I'm blaming. Um, my friend Nia Calloway has this line in a poem about like, if you think God is fucking you over, you're probably right. Because really like anything that feels unfair in the moment that feels pointless, that feels like it's just happening to you beyond your control is probably trying to teach you something, is probably tied up in your path and purpose. And I think we're so black and white in this world. And that's a program. That's a paradigm because really there are opposites. You know, there is like two sides of the same coin or yin and yang, um, dark and light, you know, but really there's light in the darkness and there's darkness in the light really there's yin and the yang and yang and the yin (laughs) any opposite is really a synonym what's a what's the opposite of opposite I can't remember but there's (laughs) it's just much more of a spectrum everything is and everything is a lot more fluid and a lot more free and a lot more pleasurable than we make it out to be because we want everything to fit in these neat little boxes and almost nothing is neat like that life is supposed to be messy and you know I hate should and supposed to be but like it's supposed to be lived it's not supposed to be casually sat on the sidelines and observed You're supposed to be out there getting your hands dirty. You're supposed to make mistakes. You're supposed to fail. You're supposed to suffer in some ways because that suffer is the pre the suffering is the pressure that will turn your little coal self into a beautiful diamond reflecting light on everyone who comes around you and then those little bits of light will inspire that person and that person and that person who sees this person face their darkness and they survived this person got out of their comfort zone and look how much better they're doing and I want to do that too and that is the most beautiful thing that is all we're meant to do here it's no more complicated than that you're just supposed to live with integrity so hard and integrity doesn't mean do what is expected of you there's so many things that have been distorted in the way that they, that they, you know, the big bad they who control this matrix. Um, you know, I, I think a lot about how much the media we ingest really affects how we see the world. That's why representation matters so much. Because it's called programming for a reason. It's programming our minds. Um... And just seeing someone be at this at the show I did in Boston, there was this non-binary poet who wrote a poem about how they discovered the the word non-binary, which really set them free from someone, you know, 
half their age who was unapologetically embodying non-binariness and isn't that beautiful that's what I was talking about with ego before if we're so in our like well I'm older it's like that line that Trunchbull has in uh in Matilda like I'm smart you're dumb I'm big you're little (laughs) I'm the authority and you listen to me that's literally how so many people walk around How dare you tell me something? How dare you try to teach me? How dare you try to expand my mind? And what joy comes from that? What learning or growth comes from that? So when you find yourself being in that type of energy, when you find yourself resisting learning something new, when you find yourself resisting a realization, you know, I already did an episode on I realized and how... I used to say, once you realize something, you can't really unrealize it. And I do think that's true. But you can stuff it back down in the box, close that lid, put it up in the very back of the closet in your mind and leave it there to collect dust and never look at it again. And I think that maybe is the most painful thing to like, Like, I'm wrapping up here, and I don't want to get too deep into another story time before I have to close out, but I was with a partner who I really did love very much. We had so much in common. We found so much joy and healing and, like, wonderful energy together, but four months in, I met his best friend, and I fell in love with him. Like, head over heels, love at first sight, insane, lasted 10 years, just recently shook this guy, like threw me for a loop fucking love. And I had many realizations along the way or the same realization over and over again on different levels of like, oh, the person I'm with that I'm insisting on being with isn't the one for me. I much prefer like this type of energy, which was the other guy. And I think sometimes the universe does that to us. It like tries to let us know we're unhappy or that we're stuck or that this thing isn't going to last forever. So like maybe don't get too attached to it. Maybe don't. uh... Sometimes I think we live in fantasy. You know, we're like, you know, I don't fully love this person for who they are. I'm kind of like waiting for them to change into the person I want them to be. But is that fair? I mean, yes, we should like love each other's potential and try to help each other reach that potential. But there's a difference between that and between I wish you were someone different than who you are. And instead of letting you go find someone who loves you for you, I'm going to try to mold you into what I want. Like, is that not manipulation and how does it feel to be with someone who secretly energetically is longing for you to become someone else that's why also like self-reflection is so important researching your own experience knowing yourself because like you should also know when you're not living up to your potential you should also know the things that you should be doing like engaging in self-care and engaging in self-analysis and healing being proactive about these things you know always trying to shape your reality into or align yourself into 
the destiny that you want to be in. But we love the chase and we love a struggle. And so much about life is like, it's not life, but so much about living in the matrix is about like, if you're not worrying about it, you don't care. If you're not working hard and suffering, then you're not doing anything. Uh, you know, if it's marriage takes work and like, yes, I'm sure it does, but shouldn't the work be joyful? Shouldn't the work be loving? Shouldn't the work be about like nurturing the relationship and helping it grow and becoming better people together individually giving the best you've got putting in quality time and energy and effort marriage takes work doesn't mean be miserable but do it anyway do you understand do you like hear me and feel me on that which comes back to the whole concept of walking on right no ways way take you can feel when you hear something that resonates with you that is what a light bulb moment is an aha moment um i realized you know when you get a moment like that hold on to that piece of information write it down put it in your phone think about it ponder on it go more into it go more towards it incorporate it into your everyday way of being in every everything you do no matter how small and see how your life blooms from that see the opportunities that come your way see how flowing really does make everything more effortless it's just like in in a video game you know you go visit these little you know you'll like meet a cat And then the cat's like, blah, here's a blurb of information that you need to proceed to the next level of your life. And you're like, thank you, cat. I will take that. You go down a little more. You have like a battle with someone. You beat them and they're like, blah, here's a little blurb about how to continue on the next leg of your journey. And you're like, thank you very much. I'll take that shovel or whatever it is you're giving to me and I will continue on my way. Like that's how it is. And there is something to resonance and frequencies and how... You know, David Lynch really resonates with me, but I have a friend who, like, hates David Lynch and doesn't like his philosophy at all. But she has her own, like, set of teachers that she resonates with. It's the same way that you like certain music, but not everyone has your same taste because they're not in resonance with those artists or philosophers or teachers. You know, it's like Christopher Hitchens. Like, he resonates with me, but not everything that he says does but I still take what he's giving, you know? I still take what works for me. And with that, I'm able to create a much more grounded sort of spirituality because of the balance that he brings in, if that makes sense. No ways way. Don't get dogmatic. Always question. As you outgrow things or teachers or friends or partners or careers or whatever, let it go. No ways way. Don't put yourself in a box. You don't belong in a goddamn box. You are free. You are expansive. You are the universe experiencing itself. Love that. Find pleasure and joy and freedom in that don't limit yourself and if you find yourself limiting yourself look for ways to release that look for ways to be free 
there's a different vibe of running away from your problems than seeking freedom. Because freedom comes within first. And it's not that you shouldn't care about people you have to drop or you know, feel sad when things end. Like the feeling sad is part of it. It really breaks my heart to see someone stuck in something. It really breaks my heart to see someone willingly participating in something that is draining them because it's not in alignment with them. And like that is the people that I've had to leave behind because they were stuck. They plague me in a way. I teach for them. I teach for my family who couldn't get out of their trauma. You know, I teach for them. This, my purpose is a love letter to them. I teach for the partners who couldn't love me back because they couldn't align with love. I teach for the friends that were so toxic they couldn't come with me or the people who didn't, couldn't accept my love because they weren't in alignment with love. I teach for everyone I know who's unhappy, you know, everyone I see posting on Instagram, you know, their relationship, but the light has gone from their eyes. I teach for them. I just want us all to be free. I just want us all to be loved, be loved, be happy, be fulfilled, in touch with our guides, in the flow, considerate, compassionate, open-hearted, out of fear. I want us all to align with the love we deserve on every conceivable level. I want us all to be abundant. I want us all to be free. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm really sorry for this two-week hiatus, um, but I'm back at it, and hopefully we'll be posting regularly again. Um, I hope you're enjoying the show. Please, like, message me or email me or DM me or whatever. Please let me know if this resonated with you. Please share it with someone who you think might need it. Um, You know, I want to keep this, like, (laughs) as free and accessible as possible. All I ask is that it reaches the people it's meant to. I love you so much. I'll be keeping you in my heart and in my mind and saying prayers for all of you. I hope that you're a little more inspired, a little more open, a little more love. Talk to you next week. Bye. Be real.